Bibles to Psalm 119, page 514, if you're using a church Bible, Bible from the church, the pew in front of you. Psalm 119, and this morning I want to read verses 81 to 89. These are God's words, and here's what God says. My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. My eyes long for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? For I have become like a wineskin in the smoke, yet I have not forgotten your statutes. How long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? The insolent have dug pitfalls for me. They do not live according to your law. All your commandments are sure. They persecute me with falsehood. Help me. They have almost made an end of me on earth, but I have not forsaken your precepts. In your steadfast love, give me life that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. You may be seated. Father, thank you for your word. Our prayer is that you would help us now for these next few moments to look at your word and that as we look that you would open our eyes, give us eyes to see wonderful things from your word. And in so doing, Father, in seeing these things, may we be altered and changed by them. May we look more and more like your son through your word, for we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, just a reminder as we're motoring through Psalm 119, eight verses at a time, Psalm 119 underscores for us the functional and practical value of God's Word in the life of a follower of Christ. Each eight verses have, has its own little particular bent or emphasis as it pertains to our life in relationship to God and His Word. And the emphasis here in these eight verses this morning is weariness. Now, many of the units thus far, um, and we're about nine or ten or so units into Psalm 119, uh, many have touched on affliction. There's folks out to get him, mean, ornery folks, wicked folks out to get him, and, and that's the particular nature of the circumstance or the situation that's giving rise to his affliction. And in fact, the, the five consecutive, going all the way back to, the, to, the, to verse 42 and, 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 and all the way up here, the, the previous five units have consecutively dealt with the particular affliction that the psalmist is alluding to. Five Eight verse units consecutively of dealing with this affliction. And the particular nuance that he puts on this affliction this morning in these uh, verses 
is on the accumulative stress of waiting for God to intervene. The accumulative stress of waiting that is creating a weariness in his heart. You and I, in this side of eternity, are living in the midst of a certain tension. In Christ Jesus, we are loved by the Lord, just like the psalmist was loved by the Lord. And and being loved by the Lord, one of the implications of that is is that we can live with a a, a sense of hope, uh, not just a, a wishful thinking kind of hope, but a sure confidence kind of hope. Hope is ours in Christ Jesus. We know that our Lord will deliver us out of all of our affliction. And even as we motor through that affliction, as that affliction stays in place for a season, God is working good for us and in us during that affliction. We know all these things. So that's one side of the equation And yet the other side of the equation is as that affliction lingers, even knowing what we know, that as it lingers, it works on us. There's a chronic grating of the lingering affliction, even though we know that God is working good, even though that we know that God will deliver us, nonetheless, we become wearied. And it is this weariness that the psalmist is, is expressing this morning in, e- in these eight verses. Two things I want to say about this weariness. Hopefully the sermon itself won't be wearying to you, but, but we are going to deal with weariness this morning. First of all, it, 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 four of the verses uh, paint pictures of us, p- pictures for us, I should say, of the reality of weariness, pictures of, of what it looks like um, to be wearied by the afflictions of life, uh, pictures that can, they can even give you and I a, a, a peg to hang on. Yeah, that's what I feel. That's it. That describes it. But then the second thing, the four other verses Describe something of the response to weariness. Four petitions in four of these verses um, that describe how the psalmist is turning to the Lord, asking for uh, things in the midst of his weariness. And in so doing, he, God is giving us permission to say, hey, when you're wearied, when the reality of weariness is pressing in on you, here, here is something of a playbook for, for, for you to take notes from as to how, to how to petition me, what to ask for, how to respond to me in your weariness. As it turns out, though, when I say there's four verses that speak of the reality of weariness and four verses that speak of the response to weariness, it's, it's not, they're, they're, they're intermittent. Verse 81, 83, 85, and 87, the odd-numbered verses, really pertain to the reality of weariness, those pictures. And then the even-numbered verses, 82, 84, 86, and 88, give to us insight into the response to 
weariness. You see, these, these two points this morning are, are not listed consecutively, but they're listed, um, inter, they're expressed inter, intermittently. You see, the ravages of weariness and the requests to the Lord in his weariness are intertwined. He goes back and forth. But let's look at the reality of weariness first, the odd-numbered verses. Look at verse 81. My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. Now, we'll come back to those second phrases in, 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 toward the end. Remind me if I forget uh, to come back to those. But, but just look at the first segment of verse 81. My soul longs for your salvation. The, the, the nuance here is not longing in the sense of I, I simply desire or want something. It, it's, it's, a, it's a really a different nuance here. It's really um, I, I, my soul longs for your salvation in the sense of my soul is exhausted. I'm spent. I'm played out. I'm worn down for your salvation. You see the, the picture that he's painting there for us? There, there are moments of weariness, both in the psalmist's life and in our lives, when we think, that's it, I'm done. Stick a fork in it. I am exhausted in waiting for the Lord's deliverance out of this affliction. You see, the psalmist, he's already told us in one way, shape, form, or another, as well as us, we just assume that that the psalmist and us both believe uh, that the Lord holds our future in His hands. And, And it is a sure and steady hope. We know those things. And yet, through the chronic grating effects of affliction, we become wearied to the point that we contemplate or even express the sentiment of, I'm done. That's really what he's saying here. The, the, the prolonged waiting has graded on him. He is, he's, as you and I do in our affliction, he is, he is battling what he expects with the actual reality, and it is exhausting. Verse 83, another picture of weariness. He says, I have become like a wineskin in the smoke Yet I have not forgotten your statutes. We'll come back to that second one again. Remind me if I get, forget. But for now, uh, 83, I have become like a wineskin in the smoke. Like, huh? Uh, now, if that's not a word picture, I don't know what is. You know, back in that day, uh, before we had plastics, um, uh, wine, uh, animal skins were, were, well, that's what you carried your bottled water in. And you used that was leather bottles before it was plastic bottles, and and uh, and that that leather served its perfect purpose quite well, in, until it got dried out, overexposed to the heat, if you would, to fire. It as it as it aged, then that that it became wrinkled and and uh, and. 
it cracked and it was hardened and it became not functional, non-functional at that moment. This is what he's saying. This is the effect that the affliction is having on him. It's just like the, the, the prolonged waiting of, of, of enduring this affliction is, has, has produced on me and in me the same thing as if you, if you threw the leather water bottle over by the fire and let it dry out and cracked and hardened. Vivid pictures. 85 is another picture. Verse 85. The insolent. Boy, he's mentioned those, these guys two or three times already. The, 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 the haughty, ungodly, um, who are unfairly seeking to destroy him. The insolent have dug pitfalls for me. They do not live according to your law. In other words, these, these are not the nice people. These are the guys that have me in their sights. I am, I, am, I am the target to which they're aiming at me. In other words, what he's describing is that, is that on the one hand, he knows his hope is in the Lord. He knows, that, he knows that the Lord will deliver him from his affliction. And he knows that while he's in that affliction, the Lord is going to produce good for him. And yet, and yet, he... he He's perceiving as though the ungodly who have no regard for God's law are succeeding quite well. It feels like he's been tossed into a pit, left to die. There's, there's something about adding insult to injury. It's, it's one thing to go through affliction. It's another thing to go through affliction from the hands of those who, who could care less about God's word and God's law. Any kind of affliction is, is not preferable in that sense, but to take those who have no regard for God's law, and it seems to be going well for them. In fact, they're the, they're the perpetrators of affliction upon God's people. The, 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 it's just like I, they've tossed me in a pit and left me to die. Verse 87, the, the fourth picture of weariness. Speaking again of the insolent, he says, They, they have almost made an end of me on earth. Notice what it says, though, but I have not forsaken your precepts. Now, we, we'll deal with that later if you remind me. In other words, um, they, they have almost made an enemy. They, they, was the, these guys, these wicked, these insolent, they are wiping the floor with me. I am whooped. There's not much left in me. Those are vivid pictures of the reality of weariness. So those, are the, those are the vivid pictures that God's Word gives to us and says, says, you know, are you sometimes having a hard time tagging and labeling and identifying uh, what you feel in your weariness? So here's some pictures for you. It feels like this, doesn't it? There's so many reasons why we should be appreciative of God's Word. This is just one of the ways that, reasons that we should be appreciative of God's Word. God's Word helps us 
with, the, with tagging and labeling uh, what we think and feel and, 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 and gives pictures to um, what weariness looks like and feels like. The, the scripture is so helpful in that it provides us with honest language. It doesn't gloss over the, the hurts and the weariness that stems from those hurts. It doesn't, it doesn't ignore or mute uh, struggles and afflictions and, and, and doesn't touch on those topics. It, it doesn't put like a plastic smile on things and just says, Oh, it's going to be so fun to live this side of eternity. No, no, it, it says, look, brace yourself. This is, uh, this is uh, not clean and easy and straight at times. But I'm going to help. I'm going to literally, I'm going to literally give you honest language to help you describe as well as give you permission to lament. Someone has said, that to complain against God is a high sin. To complain against God is really kind of triggered from a heart that's more unbelief than belief. So to complain against God is a high sin. To complain to God is a high privilege that we as sons and daughters get to express to our Father. You see, from a heart of belief, Lord, I know you are good. Lord, I know you're my hope. Lord, I know you are working good. Oh, but Lord, I feel like someone has tossed me into a pit. Oh, Lord, I feel like I am just smoked wineskin. Oh, Lord, I, I, I feel like um, they've made an end of me. Oh, Lord, I am exhausted in waiting for your salvation. Crying out to the Lord is exactly what faith does. Even when that faith is struggling with the weariness of the prolonged waiting and affliction that's accompanied that waiting. So the psalmist helps us in so many ways. So there's something of the reality of of weariness. Now let's look for a moment at Uh, The second point, the even-numbered verses, so let's start back now at verse 82, the response. And really, the psalmist provides us a series of petitions. He guides us. Here's a playbook as as you are in the midst of weariness. Here's what I want you to say. Here's what you can say. Verse 82. My eyes long for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? You see, when we're weary, the Lord is is essentially saying, when you are wearied by prolonged affliction, here's what I want you to ask. Because here's what I've promised to provide. Comfort. I've promised to give you. I, I won't necessarily chase that affliction away at that moment. But with that affliction, I bring something alongside of that affliction, and it is the presence of my comfort. 
In other words, he, 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 he prays this as his, his eyes long. In other words, his, his eyes have, on the one hand, it, it kind of maybe describes an, an issue of his eyes have been dimmed. I, I, I'm not so sure he's even seen straight at this moment. Maybe even the notion of, of his eyes are filled with tears from the hurt and the pain of the prolonged weariness. He's, he's looking and he's waiting for something that has not yet appeared, and yet he appeals to the promises of God. I'm not seeing what I am confident I should be seeing. And yet Romans 8 reminds us that the very nature of hope is hope is a kind of seeing that is not rooted in physically seeing. Hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Hope is waiting to see what is still yet unseen. And he prays for comfort In the midst of that waiting. Verse 84. How long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? See, he has that expectation. I know what you're going to do with these wicked. I know you're going to preserve me and get me through this. And so based upon what I know uh, is true about you. Based upon my expectations and assumptions. I appeal to you. But I just got one question. How long do we got to drag this thing out? He's, he's wondering about the time frame of it all. And, and you're, yet by implication, what he's asking for is not just comfort. That's verse 82. But he's asking for endurance. That's verse 84. It seems like it would sure help to know how much longer we have to exist in a state of weariness. That's what he's expressing here. So give me the endurance. Verse 86, the third response or request. All of your commandments are sure. They persecute me with falsehood. Oh, and this is probably the most simplest and powerfulest and most beautiful prayer request that any of God's saints could pray at this moment. Help me! See, one of the things that trips us up about prayer sometimes is, is somehow or another in our life we've intersected with people who, who, who pray really well-worded prayers. And that's wonderful. That's a gift from God. But the, but the rest of us are intimidated by that. And we're like, oh, I could never like, be a person of prayer because I, 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 mean, I just don't know how to express them highfalutin verbose sentences. I mean, all I know to do is I need help. And all I know to do is ask for help. Guess what? That's as complex as it has to be. He just says, help me. Birthed out of that 
is, I think, an assumption or a conviction that he is so backed in a corner with his affliction and his weariness that he realizes, I can't dig myself out of this hole. I can't dig myself out of this corner. I, I, I only have one recourse left in my arsenal. And that only one recourse is that God himself will show up to intervene. Oh, God, please act before it's too late. The fourth request or response is verse 88. In your steadfast love, give me life. Really, I think the, the imagery here is of, of not, not just give me a pulse and a heartbeat, uh, and not just simply life in that literal sense, but, but, but sustain or revive, strengthen my heart. And yet, what does it say here? In your steadfast love, give me life. Sustain me, Father, that I may live to keep the testimonies of your mouth. You see there, give me life, Father. Sustain my heart. And he gives the purpose or the result of such sustaining work. That I would live obediently and faithfully to you. see, when we're weary, it's fitting that we ask the Lord to comfort us in our weariness. That's verse 82. When we're weary, it's, it's legitimate to ask the Lord, endure, give us endurance. I don't know how much longer this is going to last. When we're wearied, it's, it's legit to just simply come up with the, that very sophisticated prayer, help me. And when we're weary, it's so appropriate to say, Lord, revive my heart that I might live faithfully and obediently to you. You see, weariness, prolonged weariness, unending seemingly weariness. Oh, and this is a hard word. But weariness is never a reason to go, come up short on living faithfully and obediently to God. It feels like that way sometimes. It's like, well, look, if I'm going to have to go through this, then I should get a pass here on living obediently. But that's not the trajectory of the psalmist's prayer here. The Lord will deliver him from all his Affliction. He is confident of that. And yet the Lord will do that eventually. Now he can do it, he can do it immediately. He can. It's not too hard for him. But but he will do it. He will do it in his own time, according to his own goodness and wisdom. And in the meantime, in the meantime, As his children are directed to ask for it, he gives comfort, he gives endurance, he gives help, he gives life. He gives comfort, endurance, help, and life so that we might persevere in and through all of our affliction. And you see that played out in this, in this psalm. You see, you see how this is working itself out. Go back to the second parts of those odd-numbered verses for a second here and see that the Lord is answering the, the, the request for comfort and endurance and help and, uh, and, and, and life. 
In the midst of his weariness, nonetheless, by the grace of God, the psalmist is saying in verse 81, I hope, I still hope, I continue to hope in your word. He says in verse 83, by the grace of God, through the comfort and the endurance and the help and the life that he gives, I have not forgotten your statutes. By implication, when he says in verse 85, they do not keep your law. But what he's really saying is that even though they've tossed me into a pit, by the comfort and the endurance and, and by the help and by the life that you've given, I will continue to live according to your law. He says in verse 87, I have not forsaken your precepts by the comfort and the endurance and the help and life that he gives. He has not forsaken the Lord's precepts. You see, that's, that's the work of God's comfort and endurance and help and life that enables people like you and I who name the name of Jesus to persevere in prolonged and protracted seasons of weariness. That even seasons of weariness can be seasons that we give evidence of in our commitments to hope in God's word, to not forsake God's statutes, to live according to God's law, and to not forsake God's precepts. Why? Because the psalmist's convictions that's guiding him in his endurance and perseverance in, will, in, his, in, in his weariness is in verse 82. He, he believes that God's word is full of promises. In verse 84, he believes that he is God's servant, which reminds you is a covenant term there, des- describing how he understands that, that, that uh, he belongs to God and God is his God. He is his servant. He believes in verse 86 that every one of God's commandments are sure, true, good. And he believes what he said in verse 88. That being a servant of God, living in covenant relationship with God, means that he is only and always the recipient of God's steadfast love. None of us on our own will sign up for a season of weariness. None of us in going through that season of weariness would naturally be inclined to think, could we stretch this out a little bit longer? And yet, in our weariness, God guides us on how to call out to Him for comfort, endurance, help, life. And, and the evidence of that is how you and I are sustained to stay focused in our commitments and in our convictions. And the reason we can do that, the bottom line of it all, is that one has gone on ahead of us. We're reminded, or the writer of Hebrews tells us, to keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who in joy endured the cross, 
it, it, he has gone before us. He has, he has walked through a life of weariness. Isaiah labels him the man of sorrows, well acquainted with grief. And, and this one who has gone ahead of us, the, the pioneer of our salvation, the originator of our salvation, is now joined to us through faith. Our weariness is combated because one has already battled it and won, and that is Jesus. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for what your word teaches us and says to us. Father, we certainly, maybe not in all of the same particular ways that the psalmist is describing, but each of us in one measure or another know a thing or two about weariness as well. Thank you, Father, for honestly describing to us what such a critter is, what it looks like, what it feels like, but how we can turn to you and what literally we could ask you for in the midst of our weariness. Thank you, Father, for we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Let's sing this last song together.